0: All right y'all, thank you again for joining us for another episode of Sounds about White where we're just genuinely having conversations that come up from our last conversations right <laughs> They seem awesome. to organically come up and we're really being purposeful about creating space for people to ask questions comments that's what's been fun. People have just been commenting on what we're saying and we respond and, and share with one another so uh, we're glad you're here and we're kicking off these days with current events and also some wine or, or whatever tickles your fancy to tonight. So it's been a week already. I don't know about y'all. Um, so we here with drinks. Um, <laughs> so it should be an even more spirited conversation. Do you see what I did there? Spirit,
1: here for it. Oh, spirited. I get it.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs>
0: Okay. I've only had one sip, so this is El Natural. Um Old <laughs> Bourbon Smash. oh yes. Um Oh right, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I just read the comments like where where are we okay? That's okay. it. <laughs> okay. Um so we're kicking off. <laughs> our episodes these days with current events. It took way too long to get through the three of ours because we're just passionate about all the things. So I am just going to comment on these two brilliant ladies' uh, current events for the week. And uh, we'll move into code switching where we had our two pieces. So first up, Ari, you want to dive into yours first? Surely.
1: So this actually happened last week um right after the show um but so the new york attorney general um latitia latitia james i believe is how you say her first name latitia um is suing the nra um i i can't even so apparently let me see here uh Illegal conduct because of their diversion of millions of dollars away from a charitable mission of the organization for personal use by senior leadership. Um, <laughs> so basically, they were siphoning money. What'd you say?
0: I said, "Who would have thunk it? Them of all people?
1: They're so <laughs> they're so upright." They're so. so, they're so just, I just, <laughs> so uncharacteristic.
3: <laughs> Rain that swamp.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We've been to, um, no, so, you know, um, AG James is stepping up, um, suing the NRA. Um, yeah, essentially they were siphoning funds. It sounds like, um, taking some off the top for their own personal use, uh, whatever. And, um, she's suing them for it. So, We'll see how. And they are—they're headquartered in New York, so it's not just the state of New York doing it, or you know, only in like that state. That's where they're headquartered, so that's why um, she is the one called upon and taking on this this mission. Um, I'm super excited to see how it unfolds. I don't know how, but I know she's not backing down. She's not scared. In fact, I think she saw she was suing suing someone else. I think for the inflation of Egg. I think earlier today, I think I saw that she was suing somebody else for the inflation of egg prices or something like that during COVID. Or there's, oh. yeah, in New York. I think she's, so she's not backing down. She's here to do her thing. Yeah, I'm excited to see how this unfolds. Um, but yeah, the NRA, and that's a giant.
0: And you mentioned, you didn't mention, at least I don't think you did, she's black.
1: Oh, I'm sorry.
0: So that's what makes it super important and badass.
1: I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought that, um, yes. Letitia James is black. She's the New York attorney general and, um, she's here to wreak havoc. Blackie, I'm super, Blackie. I'm super excited to see how she does things. And wow. I'm, I'm ha- I'm happy that she's with, um, governor Cuomo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I really like him.
0: Yeah. He's a chief. I can get behind him running for press. Oh, hell yes.
1: Listen, I, I was li- I was looking, like, is somebody going to gonna do, like, you know, Joe's getting kind of old. You know, this guy, he's doing the right thing. You know, he's stepping up. The nation was looking at what New York was doing. Truly.
0: Mm-hmm. He said, I was. <laughs> <"He is not laughs> I didn't give a... A chin guard. This is a mask. <laughs> I was dying. He was doing the most on the breakdown. He, he was.
1: Yeah. I like him. I like him a lot. Sure.
0: That's a good, that's a good update. So wild. Yeah. What happens from week to week, you know? Mm-hmm. As you said, Ari, so much room for activities. So, Jess, Jess, <laughs> you, you, what you got for us?
3: So, um, Oakland Days bench coach uh, Ryan Christensen
1: was. Don't caught, you love the names? <laughs> I know. Cotton of Christensen.
3: Course. <laughs> of course. Um, So we have another white dude doing stupid shit um, on TV. So he was in the dugout of the Oakland A's and when the players were walking off back to the bench, he proceeded to do the Nazi salute. There was one player that like grabbed his arm like bro, take it down. And then he did it again. So he did it not once, but twice on camera. And whenever it was brought to the league's attention, the team's attention, his attention, it was like, "Oh, I made a mistake. I didn't realize."
0: Oh wow! Okay, I I just assumed he did it once. No.
3: So the I think it was the <coughs> head coach. There was another coach. They were doing the elbow because you're not supposed to do high fives. So elbow, then immediately behind him, Nancy salute. So then a player did elbow and then what the hell? Like grabbed the guy's hand and then it shot right back up as he's laughing. But he said he didn't know. Now you tell me that is one of the most iconic images of the Nazi regime. And we also know in current neo-Nazi culture that is still very much used. Not an accident. Not, Not an accident. accident. You don't flick someone off and be like, I didn't know. Like, <laughs> like no, it's, it's a blatant act
1: were they anywhere pregnant like were they anywhere that would make that even more symbolic or more like I'm wondering why Good this question game... I don't know
3: what state I don't know who they were playing yeah right. that might even add another layer to it
1: right right because I'm just wondering what the motivation was if this isn't something that he normally does
3: true super true. weird
1: <clears throat> weirdos
3: sounds about like
2: hey <laughs> We did that name all this time. week
1: on White Weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: just kidding. Doggy. That is wild. That that's two extremes of wild. Like it's pretty pretty wild that this black woman's going.
3: And <laughs> all freaking
0: a. am excited. Just out wait. in the baseball streets, just
2: okay. That's a uh, hey, yep. yeah.
0: well <laughs> so there's your current events for the week, folks, for the week, folks. Um, wow. So now we're going to move into uh, this topic of code switching, which it is very dynamic in and of itself, which we kind of stumbled upon a bomb before we even got into um while we were discussing it during our our pre talk so hopefully it kind of um organically comes up in our conversation about it now but um, where where do y'all want to start off with? I think it sounds like the a o c piece and is is might maybe where we want to start, but to the folks who are joining us tonight, if you wanna chime in on some commentary uh, as we get started, while while we're going, please feel free uh, to do that. Am I skipping? No. Okay, The sound seems weird on, on my end. Okay. <clears throat> so, so the AOC piece, right? As I pull it up myself. I... I don't know. Where, what were your initial thoughts, Jess, on, on this?
3: I like this right piece um, better out of the two, just because of um, the... It plays with the concept a little more, right? And thinking about it in and, and a complexity. So I loved how it opened with the AOC uh sort of clap back on Twitter with her, you know, <laughs> folks talking about my voice can step right off any crew or kid that grew up in a distinct linguistic culture and had to learn to navigate class environments at school or work knows what's up. Um, and then, you know, it, it delved into the fact that code switching is something that everybody does, mm-hmm. whether or not that's what you're calling it, or that you even realize that you're, cause a lot of that's implicit, right? Um, but we all do it, and it's just you know how we're shifting between social settings that have their own prescribed languages and cultures and you know expectations and standards of behavior and so um, i i I appreciated that piece and how it like you know makes you think about how do we purposefully and inadvertently um, adhere to these like cultural rules or expectations and at what Cost right, so um, I appreciated that as well as the distinction between drawing the line at authenticity and intent to determining what is problematic, right? Because the way you might je- like, I'm guilty of this, so if I when we vacation like anywhere else, I'll subconsciously start picking up like either words that folks are saying, or like you might get like a hint of a you know, like if you're abroad, you might pick up like a hint. Sure. That's natural, right? If you're actively listening and engaging. And if your friend group is diverse, or you know, you might pick up slang that I have a younger sister and brother. So I start saying stuff that like Absolutely. what people shouldn't say, right? But like that's human nature. And especially if you're comfortable with someone, your verbiage is going to be much different than a, you know, in a workspace. But um, you know, it's the difference between cultural appreciation and appropriation. That's sort of how I think about. Mm. code switching right so it's a difference between like what's your actual intent are you mocking um you know an organization or a culture or like do you simply just feel comfortable with these folks and that's how that's how you're talking you know so
0: how do you know which is which
1: See, that's my thing because whenever i read that initially i was kind of like yeah but whenever people say it to be funny do you know what i mean like yeah. oh like they think they're connecting with people, I I understand it, but it's still motivated by race.
3: I don't think that's for, like, me to decide, right? So, like, if I would be talking with the two of you, and I would say something, right? Well, I wouldn't say something without asking, right? But if I was amongst the two of you and you were, like, not cool, even regardless of what my intent is, right? Yeah. If you're, like, not cool, then it's not cool. It's the same thing, you know, with pronouns and how you address someone, right? So I feel Mm -hmm. like... I can't um, <laughs> determine <laughs> intent uh, of anybody else right so I think I think it's hard to it's hard to judge for others on that end
0: yeah At, when we are getting into that I immediately think of um, I did a presentation on allyship and how it's said in the piece that, you can't name yourself an ally like Mm -hmm. you know someone else has to someone a part of that that space has to call you an ally so it's completely (laughs) completely up to you to like put that upon somebody you know what I mean so and, and and like to your point i had. that's not for you it's for someone else who is that that language who is a part of that group to be like okay that's cool or that's not cool to kind of right. check people on but again there i think that's why there's a lot of friend groups that allow the n-word to to go mm. down from their white friends right yeah <laughs> Some thoughts on that
1: <laughs> yeah. um i don't my they wouldn't even dare at they wouldn't even dare begin to even think that they wouldn't want to say it they wouldn't want to say it
0: not why? mine why
1: <clears throat> i think you'd ultimately have to ask them but uh i think it just comes down to like Humility, understanding that they don't need to say everything or understand everything. they can just respect it and not do that, even if they are centered at everything else. Um, and And it wouldn't be that's those are those are people I don't feel that I need to code switch around because if they're with me and among my friends and family, and we're speaking the way that we speak, We're not going to be, there's no, they just, um, I guess it's a different type of, um, the word humility keeps coming to mind. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Just a different type of understanding. Mm
2: -hmm. Right.
1: And that's because of the people that they are though, right? These people are good people, you know, Mm -hmm. like not, doesn't matter if they're white, but like, they're just good people, you know, so. And selfless Mm -hmm. so they think beyond themselves and they understand that their voice doesn't need to be centered at that time or around that conversation in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they exist the way they normally would
0: is that something people inherently know or is it something that's learned
1: what specifically
0: that they shouldn't center themselves in spaces like white folks
3: (laughs) I don't think that's inherent
0: <laughs> do you think because there's i feel like some people some people know it is it and is it because they've been exposed and that's why
3: i think that them like ari said like i i think that's just like a personality trait right so like i, I don't <clears throat> I'm gonna go ahead and say that most white folks don't recognize themselves as racial beings, and so I would argue that it's not necessarily a conscious choice not to center their whiteness. That's probably Mm -hmm. more so a characteristic of their personality, right? So they they just not inclined to attention or whatever, but I when you're in a white supremacist society and the norm is whiteness like I, I don't think it would i don't think we can give folks the out that that's just an inherent or ingrained in them without without either conscious training right whether that's having conversations or being called in right and and figuring that out or and or you know just a personal characteristic
0: mhm cool yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, we'll start <laughs> yeah I mean yeah i mean yeah i do
1: no you're right you're right whiteness is like the weather she
2: was saying right, you're right, you're
1: right. Uh, no you're right <laughs> <I can't find laughs> no right well yes but right <laughs> um i no, i was saying like what it, it's 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 like the weather right you just adapt to it <laughs> right like if it's rainy you put on a raincoat and you don't think twice about it mm-hmm. if it's sunny you put on sunglasses and you don't think twice about it um it's i mean that's the equivalent of living in a white supremacy living in whiteness right like it determines everything and it's just the norm like it's just the the day's weather mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know what i mean so it's like um you would have to be a very selfless empathetic person to just be like that you know what i mean yeah. like we notice it because it affects how the, the way that we live come on but but i don't know that i would i mean it took me a minute to start thinking about pronouns and stuff like that you know what i mean yeah yeah it takes and and i had to hear from other you know and and, under, and so um, nah, nah, I think it's...
0: No inherent.
1: Yeah, I think you, you gotta...
0: So or mis- go
1: through some type of struggle on your own that, that makes you empathize. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. No. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I guess my, my question stems from, do people actually come out and say, well, like, in your friend groups, here's why you can't say the N-word. I've been in those conversations so they have not
3: not me (laughs) like I yeah so whenever I was in my doctoral cohort now I recognize especially with the Ryan Christian uh the not Ryan Christensen, Jesus uh the 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 first article um about code switching. And he was talking about like, right, so the more elevated you are in terms of your education for black oh, wow. girls, the less likely that they're going to be surrounded by folks that they identify yeah. uh, with, right? So when I was in my doc program, um, I was one of a few women, but um, my circle was, I think I was only like one of three white folks um, that I hung out with. And We had many conversations about language. Now, we were also, right, like, studying these kinds of things. But, um, yeah, we had conversations about Black vernacular, about certain, um, like, uh, cis and stuff like that in regards to the gay community.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, You know, conversations about, like, co-opting and re-owning like negative terminology like the n-word or Like the f-word for the gay community, right? So we had conversations about language But it took me until I was almost 30 to have those kinds of conversations, right? right? And you think about just the music that kids will grow up listening to and TV shows and movies like they're hearing that stuff much earlier, but when is the first time if ever that they'll have a meaningful conversation about Cultural codes of language, right? And appropriate right. usage. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if now, maybe more than before, folks are having that, but like, yeah, it took, it, I was in, yeah,
0: 30. Wow. And not everybody is equipped to be in these conversations. Oh,
3: know. no, no. Wow. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm
0: not. Uh, right um i want to delve into um well ari what were your general thoughts
1: um i was uh i was i was a fan of the second article more so than the first but i did appreciate um in the first article there was um, a quote it says code switching is black people's way of making it in a world where they can navigate between the demands of white people and the needs of their own. So
0: and, can we talk about that right there?
1: Yeah. So yeah. If, I thought that was a great quote.
0: It is a great co- quote. Blame it on the alcohol. Uh, is is there um, is there a point in which it's harmful to both the person who is switching and those in which the space they inhabit? the switcher inhabits?
1: (laughs) I definitely think that there's a danger in code switching, right? Because it perpetuates the idea that um, whiteness is proper. That's, that's what it reiterates.
2: Um,
1: But there's pros and cons to it, right? Because it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, the Malcolm approach or the Martin approach, right? <laughs> like it's one of those things where it's like, are we going to go ahead and win this battle? or Are we going to play chess? And you know what I mean? Think 10 mm-hmm. steps ahead and try to, and um, that's one of the things actually that I talk about with my parents often because they're more of the, we got to take what we can get. And I'm, I'm just saying that for lack of a better phrasing right yeah. now. But the idea that, um, you know, we have to, comply to kind of, you know what I mean? We gotta, we gotta work it, we gotta play chess, you know, chess, not checkers type of thing. And I get that line of thinking and that's, that's what Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s approach was. Um, but it's, it's a hard pill to swallow, right? Cause it's one of those things where in the comments, my mom wrote, feeds into white fragility. It's one of those things where it's like, wow. I don't want to have to center you when I'm trying to earn my living. Right. (laughs) You know? So I think it is. I think it is harmful. I think it is necessary. Oh Lord. Right? It's just like one of those double edged, it's it's there's pros and cons. Right. On there's pros and cons. Right. I do it for sure. I work in corporate America. I have to do it. Mm I feel like it's necessary in corporate America. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Like, I think it's definitely damaging to the code switcher, right? Um, Because you're navigating spaces. If we think in America, how much time we spend in the workspace, like, that is a substantial portion of our lives. Yeah. And if you can't bring your authentic self to that table, right? Like, I just think of how much energy. that that takes from someone there, there, I mean, there can be real trauma associated with that because there are consequences, right? Like that's a job, like our Western notions of professionalism and, and education and even like proper English, right? So that could be grades for a student, that could be a job for a professional, that could be, you know, if you think leveraging court cases, right? Like there is so many times where folks need to, code switch for their lives and livelihood but i do think that does real damage to whoever's in the audience but again that's centering white folks because then i'm like well yeah i think folks could learn a whole hell of a lot if people just started being their authentic selves right unapologetically but that comes at a cost and a burden to the person that you know prior had been code switching so it's like at that that's a massive risk that could have serious repercussions until we have a major cultural change. So it's like, it's disgusting, but like, I, what's the, like I already said, like, what's the alternative, right? Like it's, it's kind of necessary, like at least in the professional corporate
0: educational sphere. So here's a, here's a question to you both. Do we continue to push the, the, the button, the, the, Do we make sure that we're bringing our authentic selves into these spaces skillfully, tactfully, so that eventually when we do have these, we're in power, which I hope that day comes very soon, that it's normal. Like how? what should we be doing on our end so that their code switching is something that's studied in the history books as a thing. And, you know, will that ever cease, I guess, is what I'm I mean,
3: I think about what we did when we were working together and rewriting a student handbook, right, that was just laced with colonialist, white supremacist policies, right? So if you're in a position of leadership, right, like I've rewritten dress codes, I've rewritten, you know, uh, student and employee conduct pieces, right, because if things are laced with racist undertones then you know folks are never gonna feel free to be their authentic selves um so i think if you're in a position of power you know there's there are some things you can and should be doing in that sense um and what is that like i said it's like removing punishment (laughs) related to folks bringing their authentic selves, right? So, um, you know, our ideas about professionalism and writing, right? So emails or the way someone's gonna present um, or when I'm grading student writing, right? It's like, there are underlying assumptions that are just cloaked in like whiteness, right? And so, if you have the power to change those policies and procedures so that it's not biased towards, you know, I mean, there are, there are policies in corporate places about natural hair. You know what I mean? Like there is just some stuff that's like, there is no other reason for that to exist in a policy book aside from white supremacy. Like tell, tell me why natural hair affects anybody's ability to do their job unless they're in some sort of, warehouse where everybody has to wear hairnets you know then it like i i really don't understand on the day-to-day why most of these policies are even a thing so yeah i guess for i guess for folks in that leadership position that's a way you can sort of combat that
0: i like it all right what you do too
1: um i think i think i'm gonna piggyback i'm gonna go a little deeper into what dr jess was saying. So. Um, she had said, you know, this is burdensome. Like this is, you spend a significant amount of your time at work and I'm going to take it a step further and say, you know, for me, and I'm sure there's many out there like me, I'm the only black person at work. Um, and so it literally takes me from the time I start my shower and like getting, like doing my meditation and like getting my mind together for the day. Um, and just preparing all of that for, for work, you know, for being in that environment because it's stressful. Um, so not only is it while I'm at work, right. But it's gearing up to go to work, getting ready for work, making sure that my hair, right. And that's another point that I was going to say, um, you know, it's co-twitching Isn't just verbal, mm. at least not, at least not to the way that I know it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, reflects in the way that I dress. I dress a certain way at work, right? Um, And it reflects in the way that I do my hair. And to the point that whenever I'm contemplating getting a different hairstyle, I start to warn my coworkers, like, a couple of weeks ahead of time, like, hey, look at this hairstyle. Like, I'll show them pictures of it. Like, isn't this cute? Isn't that cute how she has her hairstyle? I'm thinking about getting it. Like, I prepare them for my hair. I know. Right. I know. But I find it almost less stressful to do that than to just come in and just, yeah, because it's like, if they know it's coming, it's like, it's like politics, right? If they know it's coming, they won't be as afraid when it gets here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yo. Oh,
1: Lord. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. So, um, wow. and, and that, that goes into, I mean, the way literally that I style my hair, I remember the first time I got faux locks in my hair.
0: I, oh snap, they went bananas.
1: Well, I, I started warning them. And so by the time I actually got there they were like, wow, wow, that's really cool. I wasn't sure how it was going to look, you know, they were ready. <laughs> so It wasn't that stressful, but yeah, that took a couple of weeks in preparation. So, um, mm. it is the time that you spend at work right but there's also a lot of other things that can go into it um and it is it is very stressful it's very burdensome um but like I was saying I do feel like it's necessary in corporate America um at least to kind of gain respect and some type of leadership you have to be one of the good ones right first before you can and and get that spot first before you can kind of implement changes and that goes back to that chess versus checkers thing like which one are we going to do so um it's a fascinating topic Mm -hmm. it's it's very interesting um one of the things that I did want to speak on really quickly um okay so a lot of times we see like um we've talked about how black culture is cool it's kind of like the flavor of America blah 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 stuff like that Um, including slang or language or African American vernacular English whatever Um, so it's really frustrating and it's a slap in the face right? whenever you have someone who's in a superior role kind of use that language in meetings or on conference calls and it's like fun and joking or whatever, but it's like, that's how I really speak. And I can't really speak like that here. Mm. So that's why when we were talking about intent versus, what was it? Um,
3: Authenticity.
1: Authenticity and intent. Those things are important, but sometimes there's an oppression there that you just can't see because you just wouldn't have the experience to see it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes those things just, um, that's why I, sh- I, I'm not sure where I land with that because I do understand trying to connect with people and marketing. That's what it's about. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you can sit here and say, um, like, okay, this is a stupid example, but we'll use it. Cause this is the one that pops into my head you guys remember carol baskin you folks remember carol baskin Oh yeah yeah right <laughs> she and her husband did this stupid little video because it was i don't know somebody's birthday and they came on singing 50 cent go shorty it's like you know and then yeah and he comes okay. out with a bottle of bubbly you know you're gonna sip a car or a uh, bacardi i'm sorry we're gonna sip a cardi like it? and i was thinking like if black people did this which, by the way, there's a video for that song, so we did. It would not be received this way, <laughs> you in know. What,
0: in, what, in what way was it received?
1: I mean, the whole thing was a joke. The video was a joke. Gotcha, gotcha. And the scenario is funny, right? It's not, it's a light it's a lighthearted story. Sure. This is a lighthearted example, but it's just the principle and the idea behind it. You
2: know, that's not,
1: that's our culture. That's, do you know what I mean? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's one of those things. I don't know. I don't know exactly where I land on it either, but it's one of those things that definitely runs through my mind and just makes me, makes me think. Mm
2: -hmm,
0: mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We've
0: had some. Pretty cool comments over here. Have a greater impact on humans than one big incident, such as not a on individuals. Yeah. Yeah. man Rewrite my my syllabus, matter of fact, just the whole curriculum. How my people have been made to feel required to make themselves smaller. Ooh, I, we talked about her last time too. Um, the danger of a single story. Yeah. Or we I think that was on Instagram live. Uh, yeah, African young woman um, make their presence to take up less space. Yes, black girls. She talks like this. Like, the there you, you go. There you go. Oh my gosh, a, a danger of the danger of a single story. If you have yeah. not seen that before, go on TED Talk after this. It's it's a brilliant brilliantly done. Um. Yeah, absolutely. So. So it sounds like we're landing on the fact that there's a huge difference between intent and authenticity and the fact that some people just just dip their toes into it when well some people can do it effectively and some people can't right and I guess that also ties into the intent versus the right. the authenticity so in in the sense of you know, obviously staying on topic, how can we make it a good thing? Is it, it sounds like it's not always a bad thing. Have we arrived, are we there yet? I mean, I don't know, you, you all tell me, is it a bad thing?
3: <laughs> That's I, um, I mean, so Ari and I were talking about like the layers to this right so it's such a messy topic and in that second piece they were talking about how everybody code switches and I think that like dependent upon you know your different identifying factors right so you know in different spaces you might code switch in different ways as well as like the purpose for code switching right is it social is it um you know, to get folks to to actually listen to you? Is it for professional advancement? You know, like, what is it for? Um, and I think that some, I mean, like, obviously I only have experienced like a tiny chunk of this, right? But I have been told in, especially as I go for more advanced positions, I was actually told in my most recent interview to like, act like a man. Um, and so, you know, there are connotations around masculinity as well, you know, in our sort of Western notions of professionalism. Um, and so like nothing about code switching for professional advancement, be it someone of color, be it, you know, in a gendered space, like that just feels really icky to me. But the, I think there is also something to be said for a social group of friends feeling comfortable with one another to the point where like you sort of have your own cultural like linguistic norms, right? So like I, I don't know if that's necessarily bad, right? Like I mean we we do it like we adopt right. like our weird noises and like yep. even facial expressions and stuff. Yep. And so um like in some way that indicates a closeness, a level of right. trust. Um
0: so can I ask you this? When you were told to act like a man, how did you name it?
3: I fucking did. And I felt so... Um,
0: and what did that look like?
3: Disgusting. Um, so uh, pacing and tone, right? Watching for your language fillers. So um and the and like devoid of emotion right so very sterile so don't get too excited and if they ask you this like don't get angry right so like you've just got to have a flat sort of affect right even down to like I got coached on what to wear how to wear my hair what kind of jewelry to wear or not wear right and so like Ari said it's like in my mind code switching is verbals and non so it's it's what you wear how you hold yourself uh what you're saying um But yeah, it feels like that felt really shitty. And so I can't imagine having to perform in that way every day of my professional life, right? So like there are times like if I have to go up to the fifth floor with all of the, you know, cabinet members I know, and everybody can tell when I have those meetings, everybody can tell like from the when I walk in my office door, what I'm wearing, they know. And so it's like that in and of itself, that day drains me and that is you know however often but so knowing that I, I, there in no way shape or form can i think that that code switching is anything but harmful okay. to folks in the professional sphere yeah. especially black folks
2: because
3: mm-hmm. yeah. as ari and i were saying like if you think about model minorities and the asian culture and expectations of language there versus you know folks of indian descent you know like there is a proximity to whiteness that gives folks a buffer on the code switching right like for some reason black vernacular is less professional than if someone would come in you know English as a second language, right? Like we make presumptions about education, knowledge and ability, you know, it's not just like, oh, well, they're speaking white or not white, right? Like there's, there's a spectrum of, mm-hmm. you know, how far are we pulling away from this master narrative of whiteness to like where it becomes like less and less acceptable. And so codes, all code switching is not created equal, I guess is sort of what we were playing with.
0: Barbara, I love that we are living in a time where we are questioning the roots of our professional culture and customs. Upholding a white masculine standard is intended also to block off access to that level of prestige and success for people of color, women, and lower class populations. Breaking all the way down. Very good. Jennifer Lundy asks, what about where code switching is how you navigate intersectional identities?
1: I think that's a really, um, a really good question.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I'll speak from someone who has intersecting identities, um, who owns them. Um, I can't be one thing without the other cause they intersect. Right. So being my authentic self is being a black woman. So I guess if I'm among women, I need to be accepted as a black woman. If I'm among black people, I need to be accepted as a black woman. Um, those identities for me are so intersected that it's almost like they're one. That's who I am. So um, when I code switch, it's so that me and my entirety isn't accept, doesn't have to be
2: accepted. Mhm. Um
3: I think that speaks to white privilege, right? Like how we were yeah. talking way back in the day about white folks ability to like tap in and out of conversations about race, right? So there might be places where my gender is salient and places where it is not, right? And so there are times when I can tap in and out, but um especially as a black Woman, right? Like, I can't think of a time when you are not one of the most oppressed people, if not the most oppressed person in the room, right? So,
1: I guess, yeah, I guess I'm maybe I'm not the best person to ask that either, just because my intersections, I don't see them separately. Honestly, I know that there there's differences there, right? But it's just who I am. I can't speak to what life as a black man or a white woman is like. Mm um it's just the experience is completely different and it's because of both of those things that's the only way I know it
3: so if I'm thinking about Jen's question and again I obviously am coming from a different space from race but I know that um and I've shared this before right so my education doesn't puts me in some situations that I feel hyper-conscious of my, my language, right? So I don't want to alienate folks um, because there are presumptions attached to degrees and credentials and all that jazz. Um, especially because my education does not align with my family and community's socioeconomic standing. So there is a level of code switching Back home and with certain family members, in terms of the language I use in my professional space and my social space, because those start to like collide, right? So um, the words that I can use with my friends from work, or like with you get right, the level of intellectual conversations that I'm having is not a space that I participate in back home, right And I think that is because of this layer of you know my educational status my socioeconomic status right and as we begin to transcend identities or our identities mm-hmm. alter as we mm-hmm. grow or as we move into new spaces or maybe as we identify as something else right like if that's a sexual orientation or right gender um that code switching creates such dissonance right especially if it's with people that you love, right? So we've been talking about this in like the sort of like a little bit of a detached space. Like, you know, I can go home from work, like when someone's not paying me, I can be this way, right? Or like, um, you know, if it's related to race, like, a, you know, just statistically, a lot of us hang out with folks that look like us, right? So you would hope that there'd be pockets of these spaces, but what if the dissonance is created and your code switching in a space that like used to be comfortable right so i think that jen's question is like depending on what sort of intersections i'm playing with and in one space right. Right? like the way in which i switch if i choose to switch right like that all comes into play but again that's not like i think everybody like you need to take time to pick that apart because like we code switch without thinking about it. Like that's just an right. opposite, like behavioral, a lot of times like protective measure, right? Like whether that's to protect yourself or your relationship with others.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's why it's dangerous. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's right? why it's dangerous. My when I was um I was taking when I was taking one of my women's studies classes, my 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 professor Dr. McClintock I'll never forget this she made us watch this preview of this movie it was a um it was like uh I don't even remember what movie it was but it was it it was a mostly black cast and she said you know hey um all right what's what's um tell me write down you know the little things that you see in this preview we'll see some of the representation you know take note of it and I thought well so I raised my hand you know once it's over and I'm like I noticed that nobody spoke proper English. This was an all-Black cast, right? She was like, oh, yeah? He was like, what's proper English? I was like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, right? So, but that's why it's so dangerous. That's why I have an aversion to it. It's because of that story, Dr. McClintock. Um, (laughs) It's because... (laughs) It all seriously though, that's what I was like, wow, that's really damaging. Like that's mm-hmm. that's really you know, and so um yeah, man, it's it's
2: it's one of those things, but it is. I think it's
1: maybe a good tool to use sometimes. Yeah. But I hate that it's necessary in some okay. worlds. Okay. I hate that that Jen is, you know, trying to understand, you know, what if you're navigating through different identities? Like, you know, that's tough. That's, yeah, that you would have to choose and you would have to pick. And and um, yeah, it's just, it's really tough. It's really tough. I wish it wasn't necessary.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about spaces in which I have to do that. Like again presenting in front of the students a couple uh couple days ago. Well, what it's only it's only Tuesday, so <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: time means nothing anymore. It's
0: true. It's what true. Is that? Like three presentations in the back. But um I definitely talk different in front of them that I would in front of, like, the council, you know? Yeah. I was like, what's up, everybody? How is this over? <laughs> you know? um, but I, if they were in that space with the students, I would do that whether they were there or not, you know? Why? Because I don't care. I, like, you know?
1: But like isn't that kind of performing? Like I'm not saying what you're I'm saying isn't teaching and a part of performing. Right? No, like you have yeah. It's right. a performance. Like when you teach a class, it's a performance. Yeah. So like I I understand that. I don't know. Of and I don't
0: know. I don't know. Yeah. I guess
3: I guess I'm just like do you find that do you think you're subconsciously doing that to form like actual authentic relationships with students or like like when you say you don't care like i think it's the opposite like i think you do right you know what i mean like that's a to act that way is a conscious decision
0: 100 percent.
3: so is it like to create a space where students feel like they can do that too yes
0: yes and connect with them yeah and and be like you can be a big kid and still be about your business like i'm still gonna teach y'all today you're gonna learn today
1: <laughs> yeah but
0: i'm not so stuffy that we can't have fun while we're doing that.
1: yeah you want to level with them
0: be relatable yeah. right yeah. and be relatable yeah That makes. Sense. Now, do i think i have to do that in order to be relatable no because, you know, sometimes I just jump right into it. But if I haven't seen it, if a lot of times they're coming off of a, of a presentation that wasn't so hot before. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just trying to get a laugh before I, I go in. So that's usually a technique um that I use. can confirm that is one of the energy. I, well, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and Jennifer agree, just acknowledging that reality that someone may have Black and Latina ex identity. Yes. And family, and family
1: units. I think that's a great point. I think that's a great point.
0: We are being you have a way of letting our students know they can be Black. Mm. I mean, mm. I really appreciate that. I, you know, um, that's beautiful. How I arrived at wearing the hairstyle that i do now right was was my first you know kevin bosley we got to get him on here Jess. yeah i remember that Yep. uh was like yeah i'm done wearing the weave like i don't have to do this and i've been it was a struggle we you know but um <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't pretty at first but it was this thing where I'm like, I don't have to do this. Like I'm going to Pittsburgh to get my hair done. And I really don't have the money to upkeep this hairstyle. Like I'm stretching myself for like, for, for what? You know? And I remember my cousin Corbin and I, in junior high, I probably could still, I probably have the picture somewhere. He and I wore our Afros at some, at one point, my hair was like out here. And it was a huge deal when both of us wore our hair that day. People wanted to touch it, look at it, and everything. But for in my adult life, that <laughs> was my first. Thing. What's that?
1: Let me pet you. Sorry, ooh, let me, let me pet, pet you. Reaction.
0: Oh my god, I missed it. I didn't even see it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was something. It was something. But we, but we did it. Co- and and now that I know what I know, it's like we strategized we wore it together so that it was like we're both were numbers
3: together. yeah and we yeah.
0: we were just doing it it that wasn't i like oh this is safe for us we didn't have that conversation i guess right. that's why i was asking the question earlier is it are like inherent or or do people just evolve in those spaces and they learn to get it without asking questions right but Um, that's why I got the tattoo right in the, in the, in the birds. is like, I'm still grounded and rooted in who I am without having to wear this weave. Um, we were, and this is part of why I brought up code switching up last week, Jennifer and a couple of us were, a couple others of us were having a conversation about code switching. And I thought back to when, um, a very, uh, I won't just put her on blast, but a very prestigious black woman, uh, in the city of Pittsburgh was up for a position at, uh, as president. And she was wearing her hairstyle one way when she was interviewing. And I saw her photograph shortly after, or I saw her in person, and her hair was completely different. Now, we change our, we meaning black women, we change our hair all the time. But it was very different. And it was all natural, there was no weave. She, and when she had it on up there, it was braided, back, bun, tight. I mean, yeah. And it, it just I just will I will forever remember that. And um and she still she still didn't get the position. Um and what I was told and versus uh what probably happened and what I know now mixed with all of that I can understand why um she's not sitting in the seat now. So it's just it's an interesting um space that I don't know. Do you have action steps for us on this one, Jess? It's just like how do we I think Jen you know a way to eradicate
3: this. I think Jen's commentary goes a long way, right? Like in terms of giving folks permission, right? Via modeling or, you know, actually articulating that. Like obviously not all of us are in positions of leadership if you are. I'm saying, check your policy books, check your process and procedure, and eliminate that racist <laughs> processes like that. I mean, you ha- you have you have to make anti racist policies and procedures and manuals and all that jazz. But for just the average day to day, I think yeah, modeling and just giving folks permission, right? So. I think we've all been in situations where we can tell if someone's sort of holding back or performing. Right. And so if there's a relationship there, you know, just like letting folks know, especially like, you know, I'm thinking about working with students and everything and, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or even in supervisory roles, it's like, you're okay here. You know, like just say it how you need, like, let's get it out. Say it how you need to say it. Right. And I think we can, We can give our friends permission like that. We can give our family permission, right? Like these dynamics run deep. Like we code switch in all spaces. Right. Um, So if we can try to model that ourselves and articulate, you know, that we are at least someone that, you know, someone doesn't have to perform for, then maybe that starts the change.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm.
1: Yeah. I would say I would say it's um I would say try as a beginning stage, you know, just be just try as best as you can to be cognizant of when you're doing it mm. so that whenever you are, you can ask yourself why yeah. and reassure yourself that it's okay to be yourself in this space.
2: Mm.
1: That's and I'm telling you that because that's what I do. That's you scary. know, know your triggers. Yeah, yeah. I do those things like I told you all at for work, every day. Um, however, when I'm with my coworkers, my boss, and my two other coworkers, I don't code switch. I just speak. I speak about this stuff. I talk about like Thirteen. <laughs> They're probably like real annoyed <laughs> no, with me. Like honestly, what'd you say? Did you watch Thirteen? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you something. I know. The one girl, she was like, Guess what? Jeffree Star released new makeup and I didn't buy it. Are you proud of me? I said, Are you proud of you? <laughs> I was like, sis, are you proud of you? <laughs> like, come on now. Don't do it for me. Do it 'cause you want to. Um Woo! but so they, they know they know um where I stand in everything. Um, but there was that level that I had to get to before I could do that, you know. Um, yeah I would say yeah try to be cognizant of when you're doing it so that you can realize why and reassure yourself Um, and then also I guess some of it is like self-work too right like knowing Mm -hmm. that you are you deserve to take up that space that's one of my like mantras like you deserve to take up as much space as you need to Mm. um in whatever capacity you need to um and so that's something that I tell myself daily <laughs> to make sure that I do those things because a lot of times I'm the only person like myself that people see in that area yeah um those that's mm. I have from my experience that's those are my action steps
0: <laughs> well, I <laughs> came in with them too I, like I
1: don't it. know okay
0: it's really good. Y'all hit me in the feels tonight. Um, yeah.
1: This is a good topic.
0: It is a good topic. <laughs> mom.
1: Ari is smart and
0: insightful.
1: <laughs> mommy, stop. That's my mom, y'all. She's saying it. Mommy, mommy she don't stop.
3: <laughs> keep celebrating this queen. Yes. Oh,
1: my goodness.
3: Yes. Um.
1: What's next <laughs> week?
3: Yeah, dude,
0: I, I jinxed us. Why'd you drink? I said it usually organically comes up in our in our conversations.
1: Oh, well, we spoke about on in our text. If you oh. want to do that? Oh yeah. But I don't know.
2: Which is kind of
3: yeah, right? It's it annoying. dovetails. It definitely dovetails. Um, thank you. Thank you.
1: Make the connection, Dr. Jess.
3: So, like we were saying, if you're if we're code switching, we code switch to adhere to social norms, right?
2: Oh. And so I we,
3: love have these, we have these Western ideas of how to do, how to be, how to act. Um, and we were all, we have like an ongoing text about, you know, just like, and then we need to talk about this and this and this. <laughs> and um obviously the WAP video came into conversation and thinking about standards for women in terms of behavior, uh, and the ways in which we have to code switch and perform and erase our sexuality, uh, to exist within the patriarchy, the white male patriarchy. And I think what being a black female produced, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think there's so much to say there. um, and it's sort of like, okay, this, so this is the conversation that results if you don't play by the linguistic rules, right? Like, this is the this is the sort of the social response to that. So I think that is a good next conversation.
0: Hey, I'm here for it. And the conservatives are like, that filth. I was like, wait, what? I, I like I said, I brought it up in a uh, presentation. I, hey, I, <laughs> I don't care because they're listening to it, so it's like, oh,
2: yeah.
0: um, you know, it, <laughs> it, I, I did, <laughs> I did. It. Why are the why are the rules different for women? I was singing "Lollipop" in front of my mom, like. Thank
3: you, thank you. Like uh, there okay. were middle schoolers singing "Lollipop," like, and, and nobody was scared about that. Maybe we should have been, but. Yeah, kidding am I not like there are some
0: arrows. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's some
1: there's some... Well, I mean, even like little Richard wrote songs about yeah. like do you know what I mean? Tootie Fruity was supposed to be like this huge controversial song or whatever. So I mean, it's been going on. Yeah. But see, so here's my push. Well, I'll wait till next week. I'll wait <laughs> till next week. <laughs> so
0: next week we're gonna talk about WAP. So yes. WAP WAP. Yes,
3: you got a piece about <laughs> WAP. You got a piece come, about You know I'm
1: gonna find a piece about WAP. <laughs> come WAP and load it <laughs> Like, I'm just kidding, I love you, mommy. Um <laughs> I I saw Joey posted a meme on Facebook and it's said, oh shit, now Fetty Wap has to change his name.
3: (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. uh, Worship and pray. Kenny said it stands for worship and pray.
1: (laughs) Pizza and wings or wings and pizza. That's the one I heard. (laughs) Domino's got that (laughs) wop. Domino's got that wop.
0: Oh yeah. Yo, Lord.
1: Yeah, see, this is
3: going to be fun. Everybody come with your...
1: <laughs> <I'm> with <laughs> your memes. Everybody make a meme about WAP.
0: <laughs> I could do that. I rolled into work yesterday playing that at ignorant levels, hoping someone would be outside, and no one was outside. No
1: one was there to hear it.
0: It was unfortunate, but at least I played it.
3: If a WAP plays in the woods and no one is there... <laughs> <laughs> Is that where we end? Is oh it, no! That end?
1: <laughs> that's a good place to end.
0: Oh uh, my gosh, that was great. All right, hey, well, that's fun. Next week, let's walk. open shoe twenty with year. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> shoe ain't ready? Yeah, you're probably right. Well, we can get them ready. It's fine. Um, so whop it is. is. it is. <laughs> oh lord i
2: can't, deal. I can't.
0: so look out, look out front for us from us uh the next think piece we always put the link in the bio for you to read it share it with your friends um you know share share how much these are uh affecting you resonating with you Bring a friend with you next time. You know, I gotta churchify it. You know, um but these are these are important conversations to be having. I'm I'm sorry. That's why you know I was like I'm working this into the conversation because they're again they're talking about this. So why not just talk about it? So I refuse to act like like I don't know what's going on (laughs) now. And my
1: wheels are just turning. Yeah, wheels
0: are turning. Everything from that. Yeah
1: to meg stallion Brianna taylor
2: yeah you did.
1: like yep. it's just yep. it's just it's gonna be a good conversation it's necessary it's gonna be yep. a good one yes.
0: i'm excited for it wonder if we could tie all of that in i'm i'm going to <laughs> i plan oh, on bet. i plan Try on making her. some sort of connection with all of that okay bet bet. yeah you like we should may getting shot and everything yeah and she was treated with that yeah talk about ari
1: with Megan, and um, Brianna and, and just, and black women in particular, black women.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. That connection with WAP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a little, okay. you know, sidebar. We can go. It's going to be
2: deep. It's going to be
3: deep.
1: I'm excited for it.
3: Yeah.
2: We'll good. do the
1: recap tomorrow. Yep. At 8. Okay. What time? 8.30? Tomorrow.
3: On Insta. Yeah.
1: On Insta. On East Insta. Yeah. I Word got, up.
3: I got class.
1: Word up. Oh. All right. Sweet. We'll we'll see you all tomorrow. I'll see
0: you all on the FaceTime.
1: Okay. Sounds good.
0: Thanks. Bye,
1: everyone. Thank you. Thank you for joining in. See you next Tuesday.